Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. City of Life Church, welcome to our 9.30 service. I'm Pastor Amy. If I've never met you... Welcome. I'm glad you're here. I want to say happy Mother's Day to all of the moms here today. Whatever season of motherhood uh, you might be in, we want you to know that we love you and we see you today. But more importantly, God sees you. He sees you right in the middle of maybe your uh, craziness of motherhood. Maybe you're in the throes of having little ones. I heard someone make a joke and they said, I just want to let all the moms that have kids that can't make their own cereal yet know that I see them and I understand their pain. I'm not in that season anymore, but I've been there. I've done that and God carried me through, amen. But you might be in a season of grief as a mom, of frustration. Today might symbolize something different for you. And we also want you to know that God sees you right where you are. And I pray that by the power of his spirit, that you feel strengthened, that you feel affirmed, and that you feel his love today. Can we pray? All right. Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you for your presence that's already in this place. Lord, I just never wanna take for granted how special it is that we get to come together as a community and worship the one true living God. And you meet us right where we are. Lord, those today that feel weak, those today that feel discouraged, I pray that they would feel strengthened even now. Lord, those who are on a mountaintop, those who are experiencing the greatest joy of their life, I thank you that you would meet them right where they are. And I thank you that this word today would not be my words, that it wouldn't just be inspiration, that today it would be revelation for each and every one of us. Challenge us, call us out, allow us to be sharpened and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I get to finish out our series, Out of the Comfort Zone. This is part four. How many of you have been here for most of the series, any of the other ones? It's so incredible. I'm thankful for my husband. I'm thankful for the fact that I just feel every time he speaks, I know that I'm going to be convicted, and that's okay. If I can receive from my husband, you can receive from your husband. (laughs) I look at him as my pastor, and I I appreciate the gift on his life. And I just want you to know that he is a man of character. He is a man that prays. He is a man that is wise. He is somebody that you can trust, and I'm grateful for our pastor. Can you give him some love today? It's not Father's Day, but... I'm grateful for you. <laughs> what? Oh, he, he, he you will. At lunch, because you made reservations. Thank you for that. It's a good man. I told you he's a good man. But we've been in this great series, and it's been challenging to me, and I hope it's been challenging to you. 
that we as Christians, we as believers, we don't want to live our lives just in the comfort zone. Amen? To be effective and to be the world changers we're called to be, we have to live out of the comfort zone. And today we're going to talk about hard to love. We're going to discover why is it difficult to love. So I want to ask you, why is it hard to love? Have you ever thought about that? And if you're honest, it is actually difficult, isn't it? What does love require of us? Maybe that's kind of the answer there, is that the fact that love does require something of us is what actually makes it difficult. It's what actually makes it something that Jesus over and over and over again had to reiterate in scripture because he knew that it would be difficult for us. He knew that not every day would be sunshine and rainbows. He knew that I-4 would not be finished for a very, very, very long time. We have a phrase that we say while driving down I-4. My husband goes, would you open the lanes? He just over, open the lanes, they're cones. They look perfectly beautiful. Can you just move the cones and let us drive, amen? Or we were just talking about the fact that during the height of the shutdown, there was a sinkhole on the main road in St. Cloud. Anybody remember that? See, Jesus knew those would be challenges in our lives. And he knew that he would have to remind us that love should go before us. That love should be our attitude. That love should be the spirit in which we represent Jesus. Do you know, uh, 10 years ago, on Mother's Day, I got the most special Mother's Day present ever. A little strawberry blonde curly hair, it's not as curly anymore, blue-eyed, freckled-faced little angel, Zoe Ray. And you know, yesterday we actually celebrated her birthday. 10 years ago it fell on Mother's Day. Yesterday was her birthday this year. And I just couldn't help but, you know, I posted about it. And of course, we read her all of the really sweet comments and all of the birthday wishes, which were very sweet of everybody. Thank you so much. And You know, I I read them to her, but I also, while reading them, had a great sense of joy and a great sense of feeling loved. I mean, wouldn't you agree as parents that, hey, if you want to show honor to me or if you want to show love to me, love my kids, right? I mean, you know how it is, the, you know, the coach that really believes in your child and just really gives a lot of um, focus and attention and just like, you know, very intentional with them, that makes you feel loved. Or, you know, that special teacher that truly takes time with them, truly invests in them. Actually, Zoe's teacher this year is just like that, and I'm very grateful for her. And shout out to City of Life Christian Academy. I'm really grateful for our school as well. We have full of teachers that are intentional, that are loving, that are calling out the gifts of God in our little ones. And you know, that makes me feel loved. If you want to make me feel loved, love my kids. But conversely, you know where I'm going. 
You want to get on my bad side? Yeah, mess with my kids. You go ahead and mess with my kids. <laughs> You'll see a side of me. I, I, I saw a meme and it said, if you want to see seven types of crazy, then mess with my kids. And I was like, amen, that's so true. But if you want to dishonor me, dishonor my kids. If you want to show hate to me, show hate to my kids. And it will be a direct correlation to how I feel because my kids matter to me. My kids are, are an extension of who I am. God gave me the opportunity, but did you know, amen, did you know that God feels the exact same way about us? That he says, if you want to honor me, honor my kids. If you want to show me love, love those around you. That's why over 56 times in the New Testament, Jesus over and over reiterates, love your neighbor. It's all about love. Love others over and over. Because when we love others, we are showing how much we love God. Amen. So if you're taking notes today, and I hope you are, we're going to talk about two things that love requires, two things that God tells us love requires. Number one is honor. Just like I was saying that if you honor my kids, you honor me. If you love my kids, you love me. And God puts it, puts it this way. He says, it, it, it's a whole verse. I won't read the whole thing. It says, it, it, he's talking to his disciples. It's actually kind of funny when you paraphrase it. He's talking to his disciples and he's telling his disciples, he said, you know, one day there will become, you know, there will be a reckoning. One day there will be a judgment. There will be the sheeps on one side and the goats on the other. And they understand this part. They're like, okay, so it's believers and unbelievers. And he said, and then also those will be separated and I will acknowledge the people that when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And they're like, they're like, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And they're like, do you remember giving him something? Because I don't remember him ever asking. Or when I was poor, you gave me anything I needed. I, you gave me something of yourself. And they're thinking, wait a second. This is, this, I don't remember these occasions happening. But what he's explaining to them is summarized in this verse and it says, and then the king will answer them, don't you know? When you cared for one of the least of these, my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you demonstrated love for me. He's saying when you love people, it honors me. When you show honor to people, it honors me. Love requires honor. We have to understand that it's not about the individual. It's about our love for God. It's not about what we see in somebody. It's about the fact that when I love you, I'm loving God. 
The most distinct characteristic of a Christ follower should be the love we show others. Can I get an amen? The most distinct, it should be the essence of everything that we are as a Christian. It should be what sets us apart from the world. We should be the ones who love the most. We should be the ones who care the most, that show kindness the most. Amen? Whatever you do for others, you are doing for God. See, he knew it would be difficult. He knew it would be uncomfortable. But he knew it would change the world. Because listen, the love of Jesus changes people. And changed people change the world. So he understood the significance. He understood that it would be the light to a dark world. He understood that it would be the comfort for those who mourn. He understood that it would be the call to something greater to those who are just settling in life. Love. Our love for people. Our love for others. John 13, 34 through 35 says, and so I am giving a new commandment. Can everyone say a new commandment? A new commandment that you love each other just as much as I love you. Your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. The proof that you are a Christ follower is the fact that you love different than those around you. That you love people regardless. That you love your neighbor. You know, I, I love this phrase. It, I did not come up with this. I wish I had. But I won't tell you where. Because then I, <laughs> I can't use it again just in case. Okay, your devotion to God is illustrated demonstrated and authenticated by your love for others. I wish I had come up with that. I'm going to say it again. Your devotion to God is illustrated, demonstrated, and authenticated by your love for others. So let's put this in real life, though. Because sometimes, aren't we guilty that when, you know, we talk about love, it just seems almost like theoretical, you know, like hippie vibes and like, you know, if you've been to a wedding, you know that they talk about 1 Corinthians 13, about the love chapter, about love is patient, love is kind, and sometimes it's all flowery and it's all, you know, good feels and the whole thing. Hold on, let's put it in real life. Not just theoretical, not just abstract. I'm talking about the person that you avoided and sat on the other side of the church today so that you didn't have to get in awkward conversations, you know, because you saw something that you didn't like on Facebook. We're talking about loving that person. We're talking about loving the coworker that just gets under your skin. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. That struck a chord. (laughs) We're talking about loving the unlovable. 
We're talking about loving the person who has wronged you. We're talking about loving the spouse who has hurt you. We're talking about loving the people who have on purpose slandered you or gossiped about you. That's real life stuff. That's what Jesus was talking about. Not just the weak and the lowly. He's talking about the ones who directly defy you. The ones who directly try to come against you. Loving your neighbors and loving your enemies is not an easy task. Yes, Jesus says, this is a new commandment. By the way, pay attention to that. Commandment, not suggestion. He says, let me summarize everything in this. In fact, he says that the most important commandment, the disciples tried to catch him, that the Pharisees tried to catch they tried to pin him, like put him in a corner and back him in a corner, excuse me, and make him answer something that they felt would be against Jewish law and that they felt would cause him to stumble or mix his words. But he, he's very, very clear. And he says in Mark 12, 29, he says, the most important commandment. They ask, what's the most important one? Is it honor your mother and father? He says, no, let me tell you what it is. He had a direct answer. He said, the most important commandment is this. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. He says, they're different, but they're of equal importance. Wow. They're different, but they're of equal importance to God. To love others, it requires us to honor them. It requires us to honor God. You have to start there recognizing that forgiveness is difficult. That summarizing everything in this with what Jesus says is the most important commandment, it seems quite simple. It's not very complicated, but it's not an easy task. Would you agree with me? In real life, in real scenarios, when things hurt, when things sting, it is not easy to love your neighbor. But when you recognize that by loving others, you are loving and honoring God, then it can take the sting away. It can actually comfort the hurt because you're not analyzing and filtering everything through your own emotions. You're actually filtering everything through your great love for God. Amen. <laughs> to honor God, I will love you. Can we all say that? I think that's powerful. To honor God, I will love you. That's a powerful statement. When you connect the dots, when you connect the reality, to honor God, I will 
love you. Love God and love your neighbor. You demonstrate your love for God by loving others. Love requires honor. Number two. Love requires sacrifice. The definition of sacrifice is an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else, regarded as more important or worthy. See, we're talking about the comfort zone. And in the comfort zone are all the things we value. We value having it our way. We value our preferences. We value our uh, judgments. We just want to stay comfortable. But love requires sacrifice, which means it's an act of stepping out of the comfort zone into something that is uncomfortable and letting go of the things we value, letting go of our will, letting go of our preferences, letting go of control of every situation and every relationship. Genuine love requires sacrifices of the things that make us comfortable. Genuine love, not fake love. Genuine love requires us to sacrifice the things that make us comfortable, the things that revolve around us. And in particular, sacrificing our feelings. Okay? Is that okay? Because would we agree that one of the greatest lies in all of society and in the world is that if it feels right, it is right. If you feel it, do it. If you feel it, it's right. But let's analyze what happens in our lives. If we're talking about the gritty, real reality of you know, what, what it really takes to love and the scenarios life puts us in, what happens when you don't feel it anymore? If the reason you made the decision to begin with was because you felt like it, what happens when you don't feel it anymore? Do you get the divorce? Do you have the affair? Do you quit your job? Do you end a relationship? Do you cut off family? Do you gossip anyway because they deserve it? They did it to you? What happens when you don't feel it? Do you just quit? And I think that is the answer that the world would give us. They may not put it down in writing, but but they sure are demonstrating it for us. And it is a very scary thing because Jesus tells us we have to love like him. Even when we don't feel it. 
Let me show you a place in scripture where Jesus didn't feel like he had what love required of him. Love requires sacrifice, but listen to this moment in scripture. This is Jesus in the garden. Are you familiar with this story? The Bible tells us that he was greatly anguished. He was stressed out. Anybody ever been stressed out? Okay, so you went through 2020 like me. It was a little bit stressful. 2021, still hoping it makes the turn. We're, we're, we're getting there, we're getting there. But Jesus, it says he was so greatly distraught in his moment of prayer that he's sweating drops of blood that could only come from heightened stress. Now, I've been pretty stressed, but I've never been there. And you know what he does is he asks his disciples if they would just stay awake for a little bit so he can go and pray. And what do they do? They fall asleep. One uh, account in the Gospels says that he goes back to them three times. He gives them three chances to stay awake. I was like, wow, those are really great friends. But they must have been very, very tired. But he asks them, will you stay awake? And he goes and he prays and he seeks his father. And do you know what he says? He says, God, I don't know if I have what it takes. I don't know if I have what it takes to accomplish and to give what this sacrifice is requiring. He says, I love them, but I'm not really feeling it right now. Is that okay to say? I love them, but the emotion isn't connected with the sacrifice I'm about to have to endure. The, the feelings aren't there, but I have a commitment. The feelings aren't there, but I know your will. The feelings aren't there, but I can't walk away. And he says, nevertheless, not I, but your will be done. What he was saying in that moment is he was being brutally honest. He was wrestling with the feelings and the emotions we have as well. And he was saying, I don't feel it. I'm not into this. When I look at them, I don't, I, I don't see, you know, I don't get the butterflies I used to get. They frustrate me. They make me angry. This person has disappointed me. He, he's thinking all of these emotional things that we all experience. The Bible tells us that he has gone through everything that we have ever gone through. And I think this is a depiction of Jesus wrestling with how difficult it is to sacrifice for love, to sacrifice, to do the right thing, to sacrifice, to get uncomfortable so that we can say Nevertheless, it's not my will. This is not my life. 
I didn't make a mistake and now I need to try to fix it on my own. God, your will be done. God, you take over in this relationship. God, heal my emotions. Heal the stress. Heal the lack of feeling. Did you know God can do that? Jesus got up from there and he felt strength. It says that an angel came and strengthened him. An angel came and put him back on his feet, recognizing that he had what it took to sacrifice for love. You have what it takes. I know the easy thing is to hold on to the unforgiveness. I know the easy thing is to let your feelings dictate your decisions. But just like Jesus, we have to get to the place where we realize that if we're controlling everything, if we're in charge, if we remain comfortable, then we cannot carry out the will of our Father. And we are here on earth to honor him and to carry out his will. And we get so sidetracked. We get so small-minded with our feelings that it'll keep us from the beauty God has for us. It'll keep us from the calling God has for us. It'll keep us from the wonderful, healthy relationships God has for us. But if we listen and we do what, if, if we love like Jesus loved, isn't that what we're called to do? Is love just like him? He was the model for it. What if every day we approached our relationships just like that moment with Jesus and we decide every single day I'm going to have a nevertheless moment? Every single day, I'm going to yield my will to God. I know this marriage is frustrating. I know my children drive me crazy. I know that this person is gossiping about me. I know this person is lying about me. I know that situations in my relationships are not perfect, but I serve a perfect God. And he will intervene. And he will strengthen me. And he will give me... The love I need for the world around me. It's for the world around us. It's to honor God. He came to the place of total surrender. What does love require of me? requires sacrifice. Can you say sacrifice? See, God had to answer this question, and it cost him his son. And Jesus had to answer this question, and it cost him his life. What does love require of me? Sacrifice. Yielding our comfort for his perfect will. You know what I think is interesting too about this story is Jesus goes back multiple times to the sleeping disciples. And I think it's really an interesting contrast. And in verse 41, 
It's a contrast of their lack of sacrifice, if you will, to the moment of realization of the full sacrifice he was about to endure. And in verse 41, he goes to them and he cautions them. And I believe he cautions us through this as well, through this example, that they keep falling asleep. They, they don't have the ability to pray and watch like Jesus says. And he goes to them, and in verse 41 he says, Be careful, because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak. If we listen to what our soul and our flesh want, we will miss out on the full blessing that God has for us. And Jesus is challenging his disciples in this moment. He even says, he's like, come on, guys. He's like, could you not just keep your eyes open? Could you not just watch and pray? And I challenge you today, maybe Jesus is saying that to you. Come on, guys. You have to watch and pray. You have to be fully aware that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What that means is if you've been living your life from a fleshly place, wanting your needs met, wanting people to understand you're the one in control, wanting people to understand that there's just certain things you don't say to me, certain ways you don't talk to me, certain things that you don't do, or else, that's a very weak place to live. But if you choose to live by the Spirit, that's where the strength comes from. That's where the love flows from. I love this. Love only learned and not lived is a lie. Love only learned and not lived is a lie. Love is patient. Love is kind. It prefers others. It's uncomfortable. But love requires honor and love requires sacrifice. And today, I just hope this challenges you that as a believer, let that be the hallmark of your life. Let that be something that people know of you and say of you is that that person loves people. That person believes in people. I want that said about me in my life and I can do a better job. Could we, could we all agree maybe we could do a better job recognizing that God honors us and he loves us. And by loving others and honoring them, he gets the glory, amen? Amen. A nevertheless moment is not convenient. It's not comfortable, but it's needed. And so today I just pray that you would just allow your heart to be softened. You would allow 
your focus to shift a little bit and that we would choose to step out of the comfort zone. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this moment. I thank you that you're speaking to us. I believe that hearts are being changed even now. I believe that relationships that were on the verge of ending, even now, God, that I believe a seed has been sown and I believe a heart is open again to receive the washing of the water, which is your word, that your word even now can cause, can cause a great harvest. It's not too late. It's not over yet. And I thank you, Lord, that you would just speak to hearts about the areas of change needed, that you would speak to hearts even now about mindsets that have to be changed and broken and, and, and reformed in Jesus' name. And today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just wanna make sure that I do believe that there are people here that your heart is open, maybe for the first time ever, to who Jesus really is. That Jesus, I read the story about him praying in the garden and the reason he was so distraught is he knew what he was about to endure but with great strength and confidence, he walked out of there ready for what it took to sacrifice because of love, to sacrifice his life so that you could have redemption, so that you could have forgiveness, and so that you could have a relationship with God. And all the Bible says we have to do is to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he died for us and rose again. And I wanna give that opportunity right now that if you have never put your faith in Jesus, if you have never called on him to be the Lord of your life, would you just quickly raise your hand and acknowledge that is you today so that I can pray with you. I would love to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Would you repeat this after me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you loved me so much that you sent your son, Jesus, as a sacrifice for my sin. Jesus, I thank you for your love on the cross and that you rose again so that I could be saved. Today, everything changes because of your great love from now on, it's Jesus first, Jesus always. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Can you this concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.